Hi, welcome back, Combine Performance Podcasters. It's your host here, Michael Pinky, and we got a special guest in here today, professional golfer, Selene Henderson. Hi. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> welcome in. Thank you for coming. Thank you. You know, the podcast. So as we kind of uh, spoke when you came in, we don't know each other, and this is not very uncommon for our guests here. If you listen back to a lot of our episodes, a lot of the people we have in, I meet for the first time in this session. So, um, and I told you, we just find people online that that post something interesting in the moment or content or what they write through tags. So if it comes up in our feed from a tag and then you see it and you write something interesting, they catch the eye, we say, hey, why don't we reach out? And sometimes we get a response and, and a lot of times we don't. Well, I'm curious to know now what the tag was or what the post was. Yeah. So... It, but you're in our industry, so it's 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 really good to to have you on. And thanks. Today, I think what I wanted to talk about with you is letting the audience understand really how hard it is to one become a professional athlete, get to that level, and then once you're at that level, sustain it, and then making those choices every day. Like, am I at my level? Where do I want to go from here? Mm-hmm. Do I want to continue to go from here? Right. So before we get into that, let's let's get some background on you. Let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's go back. Where are you from originally? I am from Apple Valley, California, which Apple is Valley. halfway between Vegas and LA in the Mojave Desert. Okay. So two I'm, and a half hours to Vegas, about less than two hours to LA. Never so, heard of Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple it's Valley. It's near Barstow. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's heard of All right. Barstow. All right. All right. <laughs> it's in San Bernardino County. So, so. W- early on. As a young girl, when did you know that you wanted to play golf? Or was it golf? Was it a different sport at the well, time? Or? I think I'm more of a team sport person, and I loved soccer and softball. I was pretty good at those, but um, I think golf picked me. I was better at golf than I was, which luckily because there's more um, opportunity through golf, especially for women back when I was in high school, even more so. So I think golf picked me. Okay. And then... Uh, and what age, what, what, what age were you at when you were like... Okay, golf's my game. Well, probably when I started beating all the boys, <laughs> I realized I started liking it more when I was realized how good I was at it. Um, I played on the boys' team in high school, played from the same tees, started beating them my, probably halfway through high school, and then realized, oh, hey, I can go to school for free with golf. I'm going <laughs> to stick with that. And then in my family, you don't half-ass anything, and my brother is a two-time Olympian, Olympic wrestler and UFC fighter. Uh, so I just thought that you just go as far as you can in, in what you're good at. And so I always knew that I was going to play on tour. I couldn't wait to graduate after I went to UC Irvine. So couldn't wait to graduate. So all I could do is golf. So so you go from high school. Is it, by the way, is your school, were they known to be good at golf was golf a big sport in their school? In high school? Yeah, in high school. No. Um, was there a girls' team at the time? No, no, we didn't have a girls' team at all, which is funny. It was right around Title IX stuff happening. But um, I'm glad we didn't have a girls' team because I think it definitely made me better playing with the boys. And um, there was another girl at our high school that ended up playing golf at Oklahoma State. So they had two really good girl golfers and then a couple mediocre girls, and they still wouldn't start a girls' team, which was so weird. It was probably all about money and stuff, but yeah, so I'm glad right. I played on the boys' team. I think it was more fun. Uh, and what was that experience like from both of us? So for you, what was it like? 
did you feel like the team wanted to have you a girl on the team? I think because I grew up in a wrestler family and I was around boys a lot. I grew up as a tomboy. I had a lot of guy friends. It just was comfortable. It, it wasn't, uh, I know how to handle boys when they're being boys. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they respected me, but they, they would get pissed because the person who shot the lowest score gets to pick the music and sit in the front seat. <laughs> so they would get a little irritated, but we had fun. And what was your favorite song to play? Well, I played country music and they, they hated that. <laughs> nice. So then you go, you go to UC Irvine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what was that experience like? It was a little different. I mean, I I loved playing on my soccer teams, which was all girls and softball. Um, but then girl golf team, they're different types of athlete, you know, compared to um, other sports. Golf is different in a lot of aspects, but the girls were just more individualistic and just a different dynamic, but um, especially different than the boys. Uh, it was it was fun. It was it was, was it an adjustment for you. It was going from playing with all the boys. Team? I think because with the boys you can you can kind of banter, talk shit back and forth to each other, and if you do that to girls, it's all of a sudden you're offending somebody or hurting <laughs> someone's feelings. And then I started to lose confidence because I would feel bad if I made them feel bad if I beat them or if I. So gotcha. it was really weird. I I didn't realize that was all happening at the time, but. When I go back home and play with the boys at home, I build up a bunch of confidence again. So, um, yeah. You just wanted to crush them, but you feel bad. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know why. Oh, I felt guilty that I am hitting it farther than you, or I'm beating you, and it wouldn't happen all the time. But it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> Do you think that that one growing up with your brothers mm-hmm. and they're much older than you? Mm-hmm. Sixteen and seventeen years older. <laughs> okay, so growing up with two older siblings that are boys, then playing on your first sports team with all boys. Right. Do you think this helped you push your level of skill? Oh, probably. Um, I mean, I had to play from the blue tees, and I grew up, you don't complain about things, you just figure it out. And so I think that's what helped a lot of, as I was developing and growing, that to hit the ball farther. Um, so It's interesting because uh, <clears throat> one of our partners in our business is the sports science guy, John Brinkus, and he breaks down how athletes are good on ESPN. Mm. He has that whole thing. He did a TED Talk that we helped do some research for. It's hard to prove because it hasn't happened, but he's he's essentially saying if boys and girls were raised exactly the same way from the beginning, mm-hmm. when they started, took a boy and a girl, equal athleticism, families that come from anything. And you raise them exactly the same, meaning if the boy falls down, you say rub dirt on it. If the girl falls down, you don't rush to her aid. Mm-hmm. If everything was cued the same way, right. that there wouldn't be such a gap between men and women's sports today. And he has um, a lot of data on it. And I mean, I think that's probably true. I mean, that's true with just parenting in general, probably. Yeah. And Lexi not, Thomas not is another example. Huh? Lexi is another oh. example. All brothers. Made her play from the same tees. Mm-hmm. If you want to play with us and come with us, you better play like we do. Right. She I bombs mean, it. My dad was a wrestling coach forever, and so when I came around, he felt like he was – there was an adjustment for him probably raising me because I was a girl. Girls are just generally more sensitive, so you do have to be mindful of that. And I've talked to a lot of different 
coaches of different sports like soccer or wrestling and how they've coached boys and girls and it's totally different so you do have to treat them differently because they are different but don't coddle them because of them being a boy or girl you just have to girls overthink things and analyze and feel things different so it was an adjustment for my dad so I think that a lot of what I learned from my dad being a wrestling coach and being like you do everything 110% don't do it unless you're going to do it right and like in soccer he'd tell me if you fall down if you're the first one back up you can get to the ball first and I'm like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> so I'm like okay That's instead of like you know oh are you okay angle. you know yeah yeah so but it's also helped me but also hindered me now because I struggle with a lot of anxiety when I'm playing I'm so hard on myself I expect so much from myself and instead of just being like oh you messed up it's okay whatever so gotcha. I've been so hard on myself to not mess up don't do things wrong so it's helpful but then it's also not <laughs> so you you go to college that's a little transition in college this whole time you know you want to play tour you're, you're mm -hmm. going to play tour mm -hmm. so I didn't mind, understand right? why the other some of the other girls on my team didn't want to do that and I had this work ethic and I didn't understand like you just thought this was the path like right. you're supposed to go there next so right. why aren't you why aren't you doing it? Like, yeah it was <clears> weird so when does that trend just happen? You go all four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I graduated in four years. I didn't understand why girls would quit early to go play because you're getting free experience and free education. Why wouldn't you quit? But um, So I I went to Q school right after I graduated. I won six times when I was in college, and it was a Division One because a lot of people don't know it necessarily know UC Irvine. Um, so, yeah, I went to Q school right after I graduated that fall. But, uh, yeah, it was a transition moving from, you know, like any sport, you go from a small world to a big world, and there's a bunch of people just like you, as opposed to me being in my little bubble of some girls wanted to go to the higher level and some didn't. So talk about Q School for everybody, because I don't think, this is the part I don't think the general public has any idea about. For men or women how hard Q school is and what they put you through to get on, which you never do again anywhere else in that no. experience. So I mean, I compare where'd, it you, where'd you do Q school? And I want you to explain, like, I know nothing about it. So the audience can understand how hard. Q well, I compare is. Q school to like the Olympic trials for things. So you, unlike Olympic trials every four years, even though there's world team trials every year for whatever sport, you get one once a year you can try to get on tour and I think it's even harder for men because there's more men there's more stages you have to go through but um, now Q school for um, women is called Q series and it's even more difficult sounding I haven't been but when I did it there's three stages um, the first stage there's actually two first stages did you remember that yeah so the first stage they take in Palm Desert, <clears throat> Mission Hills, they take 30, I think. And then if you don't make it there, you can try again in Venice, Florida. And they take 30 from there after, I think, four rounds. And then those girls go to final stage along with the girls that didn't place high enough on the ranking on the LPGA Tour. And then you all compete over five days in Daytona for... Really, I mean, 20 spots, but if you go beyond that, your status isn't very good. But just to get LPGA membership, 
was super important, even if you don't get good status, because at least you have an opportunity to get in events. And and if you get to that last stage, it's five days of golf mm-hmm. in a row. Five in a row. And now it's Q Series, which also, first stage of Q School was in, like, August in Palm Desert, and it's 115 mm. at least. Yeah. And then second stage, which now it's first stage in Palm Desert in August. Second stage is now Venice. So you don't get two opportunities to try. Right. It's just you got to make it and then make it again. And that's in, I think stage two is in October. And then you don't have final stage until the first week of December, which I always thought was really silly that they spread it out that much. But now so your game can be completely different. Yeah. And if you don't have any, what you're ready to for play, now, yeah, might not be ready for later. And if you don't have anywhere to play, you're trying to stay on your competitive game. But, yeah, it's just a drug-out thing. Now Q-Series, once you make it through first stage, second stage, then once you make it to the Q-Series, they moved it to North Carolina in Pinehurst, and it's eight rounds accumulative with, like, less than a week off in between. So it's like, imagine having finals week in college, and it lasts over three weeks. Yeah. Essentially, you get time off in between, but you're stressed out about it because it's not over yet. Um, and then they even ask the girls to do <clears throat> pro-ams during that week in between. So, I mean, yeah, so test, you have to afford all this. You have to pay for your caddy. The test doesn't seem like it equals the, the results. So, like, what we're getting tested for versus what you actually have to do on a daily right. basis is, is so far off. It's a little bit crazy. I wish they would give more um, cards out. Like, when I played on Futures Tour, it's now Symmetra Tour, they only gave five, um, the top five on the money list get LPGA status. Number six got nothing. You just go to final stage with everybody else. Yeah, you just skip the other two Which stages, right? Which is so unfair. I mean, I think that it's way more representative of how good of a player you are to play on a year-long tour based on how well you played on a year-long tour. Right. So they need to give more cards um, through Symmetra Tour. So it's just silly. Do you think... Do you think the new commissioner has done a good job in the LPGA as a whole, just trying to change up things? And I think that they're moving in a positive direction. I think yeah. they need to utilize f- something to do with the media way better. They need to figure out how to get more attention, more attention, and let go of some of their their uh, old school. Mm, Beliefs. What side? What side of the clothing debate were you on? When that all about went leggings? Down? Uh, leggings. Yoga pants, the, short skirts, the, the, the and tops stuff. you can wear. Oh, I think that they're somewhere in the middle that they needed to find. They're too stuck on the old school conservative stuff. That I mean, you gotta. Fashion in general is modernizing. You can't just in fitness. It's the clothes are different, but you should still look respectful and. Golf is a sport where you're moving around and you have to bend over and you got cleavage. So it's like, come on, be a little. I mean, there's somewhere in the middle, but how to actually define that is a little bit vague. So, I mean, there's actually wasn't, um, I don't know if there is now, a dress code for LPGA Tour. You could wear whatever shorts, however short you wanted. There was not, unless you're at the discretion of the country club and their rules. But Yeah, um, old school rule of dress code. Yeah. They had to draw a line somewhere because it was going to get over. I mean, they had to. I was in the middle because I wouldn't know what they should do. I just knew that they sh- they need to let go a little bit of their old stuff and 
draw the line Just somewhere. move with the time slowly like it is. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't have to be extreme or another. Right. I don't think you should be able to wear yoga pants golfing. That bugs me. What do you think about the guys wearing <laughs> shorts practice? I think that's fine. Right? At least practice. What about in play? I mean, that's a hard one because... Why? Yeah, nowadays it shouldn't matter, but I just think it's it's something that you're a professional... Go- it's like when you, you wear a suit to work. You, this is what you wear to be a professional in business. You wear a suit or whatever. But today, if you look if you look into mm-hmm. the most successful entrepreneurs in they the world... They just wear normal clothes. Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Cuban, these guys right. don't wear suits. Yeah, so I don't know. Just Is it something we're just so used to as a culture that... We assume that that's the right way because it's been going on so long. Because what, what's the difference between a short and a pant really on the golf course in an athletic sport? On a business meeting. You're right. On a conference room. You're right. I'm just only thinking about all the golf pros I've known. It's like that's something that a golf pro wears pants. And I thought, oh, that sucks because it's hot out. But well, so you know in, in PGA yeah. school, different than we always explain this all the time, professional golfer and golf professional. Mm-hmm. People don't know the difference. They no. always bragged you for, oh, he's, one works in a pro shop filling right. t-shirts. One works for a living so trying then, yeah, to shoot scores. Yeah, if you're scores. out competing, yeah, I guess you're right. You can wear shorts. But in the professional, to the look PGM, professional. in the books, it's a rule mm-hmm. that you have to wear pants. So that's why it's always been like that. Two days it's ago, I just, yesterday I just passed my first test for that. I'm getting my PGM, PGA. What was the test, PAT? <laughs> Yeah, you'll be all you'll be all okay with that one. I am. I don't have to take that. You'll be just fine with that one. So, so you're gonna do the you're gonna do the whole. Yes, yeah, so I, because I all I have so a lot of people don't know this and I probably shouldn't broadcast it, but there's a reason why this is um, set in place because they believe that it's equivalent to my bachelor's degree and how many years I played on tour earned me the right and enough credits, if you will, to not go to the school to get my PGA Class A. So I just have to take the four tests. Whoa. And I don't have to do a PAT. <laughs> Whoa. So. I think like we'll you, let the PAT slide. I mean, we, your skill shows through. I think we'll, you'll pass that. <laughs> so you get you come out of college, you do Q school. The first time you do it, you get your card? No, I never got my card, which is what's so frustrating. Okay. I got full Symmetra status. And back then they had um, separate Q school for Futures Tour. And it was took place on three of the worst golf courses uh, I've ever played. Like, they were just dog, like, not well kept. Just awful in Lake Wales. Or no, it was in Lakeland. I don't know. The three golf is courses it, were within an hour of each other. My ex-wife used to play an LPGA, so I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. In it's a it's a dog track in Lakeland. Oh, it was no, it was three different ones. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was awful. Like you would think, because they they just wanted more money. They wanted you to pay to go to Futures Tour Q School, right. as well as LPGA Q School. Even <clears> though <throat> if you earn LPGA status, you should have the Symmetra status or Futures status. So yeah, I uh, earned full Symmetra status for two thousand nine, and um, that was probably my best year because then the next year I got injured and played injured the rest of my career (laughs) and how long did you play eight and a half full seasons I say half because I took a medical finally one year okay what happened injury I um my the fall right after my first season 
Well, actually, the middle of my second season, it felt like I strained my obliques on my left side and um, didn't exactly know what was wrong. But uh, and I couldn't figure out the right resources of people to figure out what was wrong. So I just kept playing. It just felt like I had back pain and hip pain and side pain all the time. I stopped working out because I didn't want to irritate it and just kept playing around it. Um, I have a torn labrum in my left hip, which I found out two years ago. So who knows? So on, so you're on Symmetro, and you said you were out there a long time, right? Yeah, eight um, and a half years. Eight and a half years. So let's, let's go through it a little bit. Because I want I want the audience to understand how hard it is to play out on tour at that high level, the highest level, and how how hard it is to move to the next level. Yeah. And when you're out there, what are some of the challenges besides obviously like shooting good scores, winning tournaments? That solves a lot of problems, right? You win a tournament, it solves a lot of issues. Yeah. But going through all the stuff you have to go through to get there, from travel like. You have to be a full adult now and be like, tra- travel schedule. Where are you staying? Mm-hmm. How are you eating? Finding gyms. Right. And um, I have no no coach, mind you. I mean, I have a swing coach, but other sports. Like, people have asked me, oh, so do they? does the tour set up your hotel? Do they pay for you to be there? Just like, because when I say it's like minor league baseball, essentially, <clears throat> Symmetra Tour. And I'm like, no, actually, they don't pay me anything. I pay them to go to work. I have to pay $500 to enter a tournament. So I'm paying to go to work along with paying my way to travel. And I drove my car all over the country to all of our tournaments, which were mostly Midwest and East. Um, We had to turn in our entry fees, mail them in to the headquarters while we're on tour. Have like five tournament entry fees all at once. So having the actual cash to pay for that. So you have to fundraise for yourself. We mostly stayed with host families, which was nice because we didn't have to pay for hotel. But yeah, I, I essentially was my own personal business manager to uh, coordinate my travel, my fundraising, my coaching. I No one cared if I got up to practice or not. Nobody cared if I went to the gym or not. It was all up to me. So I try to tell people, it's like when you go to high school, you live with your parents your parents nag you to get up, mm-hmm. go to school. They ask if you have homework. Teachers care if you miss class, you won't pass. And then you graduate 12th grade, you go to college. It's like, if you don't go to class, you don't go to class. Right. You are paying for it, so. Right. I'm just going to pay on your student loan. So it's it's like not quite getting you ready for that world. Mm-hmm. But for professional athletes, it's like one more level of that. You did that in college a little bit. And then now all of a sudden financially, it's like it's really on you. Find the hotel you're staying in. Go to cities you've never been to. Or Who you room with? How do I get a caddy? Yeah, that. Or even how do you afford a caddy? How do you afford a caddy? Or when I first started, I still used my Garmin. Like, I didn't have GPS on my phone in 2009, I don't think. we. I used my Garmin to go places. <clears throat> and we mostly stayed with host families, which the tour had a volunteer locally that would coordinate host families, and they'd, they would assign you... A family and so you have to contact this family and you're like hi I'm staying with you this week and you don't know them and you're usually with one or two or more other players and sometimes you're by yourself so you're just going and staying at the stranger's home and it's something that you just have to get used to because there's certain things if it makes you uncomfortable it doesn't 
it, it doesn't matter. It's like you have to be comfortable with it. Otherwise, pay for a hotel and spend yeah, the money. And... So, I mean, there's a lot of random things that go into playing on tour, especially the developmental tours that people definitely don't know about. And then when you go there, it's gotten better over the last few years, but there's no spectators that necessarily care to come out there. And so when you're having a rough week and you're playing really well, and then you just miss the cut by one or two because you missed a couple putts and then you don't get to go home and sleep in your own bed. You're on the road for months at a time, weeks at a time. And then uh, nobody is out there watching you. You don't have fans to get energy from. And so it almost, it's hard to... That isolation feeling in moments. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got other girls out there. It's really hard to stay, keep your blinders on away from joining in on the misery loves, loves company thing when people start complaining about things to going on out there because it's hard. And then, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, this is a... this is a, talking about all the negative <laughs> things about no, it. No, this is good, though, because I, I want... I feel like in anything, part of the reason why we started this podcast was because we want to allow the listeners to understand the real insights of our world not the negative we always talk here we don't we don't talk negative because it puts you backwards Mm -hmm. you always talk about the positive things we can move forward but to give a realistic picture of the life like i get all the time if i have a friend or they see my social media or they they've come in town they see this place they're like oh my god you ever it's a it's a it's an assumption you make off the bat when you see something or see somebody from well, yes, a distance. Especially what social media has done. Right. But you hear a professional athlete and you just immediately think, Oh, that's awesome what a great life. life. Or it's like a rock star lifestyle, like, oh everyone who wouldn't want to do that? It's like, no, it's it's fun. There's I get to travel, I meet cool people, I mean play cool golf courses, but it's still But you're work. fighting for your food. Yeah. I mean I couldn't every week. I I, yeah, you don't make money on the Symmetra Tour. <laughs> the entry fees are $500 by themselves. And if you want to afford a caddy, that's at least 500 if not more, unless you get a volunteer caddy, which is hit or miss. It's a whole other yeah, I, I, challenge, right? Yeah. Having, to deal, having to deal with somebody that's inexperienced in the middle of your performance, if yeah. you will. And then if you, like, can you imagine? And if they're really excited to caddy for you, and they're actually distracting you, you have to like break <laughs> up with them, and that's just stressful. Just relationships, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't know. So let let's talk about. So this paints a picture of just how difficult professional sports is. Right. Uh, and everybody says from a skill level, you've been at private country clubs. You understand when you play with some of the country club members, they're like, "Oh my God, you're the." You're unbelievable. Why aren't you winning every week? Right. And it's like, yeah, hold on. Like, how long do you have to explain how hard right. it is to actually? And tournament golf is, it's literally, it's its a whole nother, it's not golf anymore. I right. mean, it is, but it's totally different. It's just a different mentality. It's usually not super fun unless you're paired with people that are actually your friends outside of golf because everybody gets so serious because right. there is so much pressure. And... uh yeah, it's it's uh, it was a fun experience, but it was definitely a grind and it's exhausting. And unfortunately, you get really sick of trying to compete for your food, essentially, is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, you can't it just becomes exhausting to work so hard and then not see success shouldn't be based on income. But 
when you're working really hard and then you have to rely on sponsors or other things to help support you, it gets a little bit, it's, it's frustrating and kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah, well, we all want to work to be able to take care of ourselves, right. the minimum, right? Right. And then be able to take care of whether it's a family or growth. But um, <clears throat> in, in this, because I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this to like the struggles so we can bring it to the, the, the shining place outcome, right? But in this, it has to be in the, in the feeling of isolation, you say like out there doing it week in, week out. If you played a Sunday, you're moving to the next city mm-hmm. to get ready for practice Monday, Tuesday, right. programs. Yep. So it's not like people are like, oh, the golfers play a weekend. They're home all week. <laughs> well, no, Sunday night you're going or to the next city, right? Or you can't afford to fly home in between, so you just have to – there's players from other countries that they can't fly back to Australia for a week off, so they have to go figure out where to go for They a live week. for a week somewhere in the next city. Yeah. So, so you're doing that. It's it's not it's not a great environment or conducive environment to Play even do things like right. well no even do things like meet somebody right. start a family oh yeah the dating life is totally not um, conventional at all right right like us <laughs> date I'm in a different city every week right for thirty eights <laughs> I'll see you you can when come see I'm me whenever you want yeah or you can come see me whenever you want so yeah. that's that's got to be. From a so- sociologic standpoint, when we talk about our psychology side of things with our players, like that's a, just as big a part mm-hmm. of knowing yourself and how self-aware you are than skillfully how good you are hitting a golf ball oh, too, right? absolutely, yeah. Like how much can you take knowing that you do want these things but it's on the side or... Right. And when, especially when, uh, for me, when I had been mm-hmm. out there for so long, I wanted both things because I was starting to get frustrated with golf but I don't know how to quit at things. But I also wanted to meet someone and settle down, but you can't really do that while you're grinding it out on the road. Right. So I think that that was hard for me because I, I didn't know how to walk away from golf, but I also knew <clears throat> that it wasn't an environment to meet someone. And s- dating is not um, easy being on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so. Let, let's get to the, the positive side of it, though, because I think there is some really cool stuff that also I think the public doesn't quite understand is, like you said, you get to play unbelievable places, travel around mm-hmm. the country and the world, mm-hmm. go on go on to golf courses or get invited to events that normally, otherwise, people would never get the opportunity in their right. lifetime to even pay to yeah. go do, um, get invited to ultra-private places that you just can't get on, and meet exquisite unbelievable people you would otherwise again never be around right talk about some of that experience because that's that's really cool life experience that is my favorite part of um all of it is doing pro-ams because one i get paid most not on tour actually symmetra tour you're required to do a pro-am if you're if you're on the upper half the money list you pretty much have to do a pro-am every week and that's part of your obligation as a tour member but you don't get paid on the Symmetra tour to do those. But I loved doing those. Just meeting the people was fun, but um, it still takes away from you preparing for the week when you're playing and having to entertain these people that sponsor the event. But um, keep on the positive. External proams are so fun <laughs> because I get paid. It's guaranteed. Doesn't matter how you play, you get paid. It's like a real job. Yeah. You show up, they pay you. Yeah, and um, usually they're 
interesting people that are successful in so many different avenues of possibilities of being successful. Um, so it's really, really cool to, like you said, of meet people that you wouldn't otherwise have met. And, you know, like they say, business is done on the golf course. You spend five hours on the golf course with these people having a good time, yeah. drinking a little bit. Everybody's relaxed and competitive because you're trying to, as a team, put together a low score. So I don't know. And on the golf courses that I've gotten to play on for fundraisers, um, raising money, being able to do that and help a charity raise money or play on golf courses that I wouldn't have any opportunity to be on on my own necessarily. So I Using love that. your skill for good is yeah, like... I would. I wish I could do more of that because that's the less stressful part of of uh, professional golf. So if I could do more of those, that would be great. <laughs> well, here's good news. We haven't talked about your current today situation, what you're going to do, but or what you're doing. But we just talked about like social media being this. Yeah. But as you've seen, there's been like this path of split of professional golf and like started on that. golf paid for real yeah not good enough to play professional but good enough to get paid so i kind of missed that boat i was so focused on trying to work on my game so that i can play well and put up good scores and make it up to you know playing the best i could possibly play at the highest level and I now, in retrospect, realized maybe I should have spent a little bit more effort on the social media part so that I could, got, I could have gotten on that train of opportunities for a lot of the um, general public don't know the difference between, I mean, to, to be a professional golfer, you just have to make money golfing. That's it. You don't have to go through qualifiers to become a professional golfer. You just say you are, essentially. So it really frustrates me that there is no... Right, you just turn clear. pro in this part. Yeah, so there's a By lot of... By declaring it. There's a lot of people that... I mean, I am jealous. I wish I could... Um, well, make, you have a lot of followers, actually. Yeah. I just... I don't I don't spend a lot of How'd my time... I don't know. I worked on You're it for awesome a little bit. you awesome to follow? Yeah. I'm just really awesome to follow. Not lately. I haven't posted much. <laughs> But it, it is a full-time job, and a lot of... Um, were you highly active on this at one point? Were I you was. Just, you were really pushing yeah, into it? Yeah, I was. Most, I was, gen, like, for the most part, I was trying because I saw the opportunities other other golfers and girls were getting through their social media, and um, I was almost frustrated because I felt like I was actually a good tour player, but nobody knows the difference between an Instagram famous golfer, professional golfer, and a tour player, professional golfer. And that was really frustrating. So I was trying to utilize the platform to, like, mm, I don't know. Support your career. Right. Support my career to get more opportunities. Right. But it takes a lot of work to do that. I mean, it's not, like, easy for the... It's, it's essentially like the there. hours you put into your craft or your skill of actually playing the game to be able to even pass to get your card and get right. on these levels. That's the same amount of hours right. social media lights, I call them, are spending right. on the picture taken and where they are. And it's got to be like to, to, keep up, to keep up with what's um, appealing on social media. It's not fake, but you got to like try really hard to make it look the best possible instead of just being, you know, it takes a lot of effort. I'm sure you're not just taking one photo and using that one as one you're posting and um, I don't know. I think it's awesome. I wish I had 
done that, but I was more focused on playing aspect of that. Well, you're and strong as shit, it looks like. <laughs> I, I should you, utilize... You work out a lot. I used to work out a lot more, and then when I... I haven't competed much in the last couple of years, so the motivation for that kind of went away with no longer needing to work out to compete. It was more work out to feel good. I started yeah. getting into yoga, so I'm... Um, doing that but uh also i didn't post as much of working out because when i'm working out i'm too busy working out and i don't want to spend my time taking photos of myself you gotta out. get somebody to come with you because you literally you work out <laughs> i worked my ass off um and a lot of my following is very interested in my workout stuff and is that something that intrigues you today oh yeah absolutely i've always been fitness minded and Grew up that way, and um, and then when I got injured, I learned a lot more. I've always been really intrigued with how the body works and how it can function more efficiently. So I'm trying to figure out what to do now. <clears throat> I'm burnt out of tour life, but I want to do something that feels as significant that gets me that motivated to want to work hard at something. So you're trying yeah. to? Are you trying to? Replace that competitive yeah. feeling you get in golf. Yeah, something that feels motivates me to feel significant to be competitive at motivating to get up and work at it. Yeah, because just having I mean I was I was lucky to have gotten to spend my life doing something that gives me that drive and that motivation that makes me feel significant that I'm competing at this really high level. But then when you're done with that, along with a lot of other professional athletes, there's a big transition that's can you can go through a depression of because it's your identity of playing on tour and playing at that level so to find something that will replace that that feels as significant is kind of hard to figure that out <laughs> and you are currently in this right now yeah we're we talking current day right now yeah in the last couple of years i mean i was burnt out for quite a few years and i realized when you're injured when you are living in chronic pain you kind of don't realize it's there until when you feel good you realize wow no wonder I'm crabby and tired all the time so now that I'm not competing anymore I've done so much more yoga my body feels way better and just grinding it out on tour and not having a home base and not being able to support myself it just all wears on you after a while and so I want to do something else and find my new do you <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this because I've, I've had this conversation with many uh, guys and girls transitioning out of golf. Mm -hmm. But this is mostly with the women we worked with is do you have a, a, a hate situation right now with golf? Like you don't really want to even play it because you're I not went, competing? I went through that. Um, like do you want to, if I'm like, okay, let's play golf tomorrow? Like, Ugh. It was more that way when it was more fresh. Like when I first stopped competing I was not interested in golf and I always worried about that like am I not going to be excited to play because I'm not going to play as well it's not going to be as fun because I'm not going to be on top of my game but I've noticed that now that there's no pressure behind all of it and I can just play more freely and my body doesn't hurt as bad I'm actually playing better now than I was before when I was trying so hard I have a problem um, trying too hard <laughs> and that doesn't work in golf that works in other sports isn't there something to learn from that though yeah it makes I mean, me want to go compete again. I can name five of my <laughs> former athletes that have done the same. They've played the best they've ever had in their lives mm -hmm. after they quit. Right. 
It's a whole other. And I'm mind. talking about in competitive stuff too. Like they'll play in the am or some mm-hmm. take their. I, I don't so, want to get my so, amateur status back because I still like doing pro am. <laughs> so the beautiful thing it is, it's really. We we form this. I try to tell our our students or athletes is, we create these positions we're in. Mm-hmm. You can become great skill wise at something, but then you can become not so great through your own workings. Oh, for sure. Through your own mindset, mm-hmm. the thought process, expectation you put on it. Yeah. The false mm-hmm. stories, narratives you put to it. Yeah. Um, that's only going on here right. with us. That yeah. even the people around you, if you ask, are like, "No, no you're amazing." You're, it's, Right. It's almost more frustrating when I would hear people say, tell me, wow, I can't believe you're not on full time on LPGA. How, I can't believe you're not. And it would be like, I know that's a compliment, but it's freaking frustrating to hear that because I know that and I'm not there. So eventually I just, I mean, it's hard to keep <clears throat> your golf score and your performance away from your identity <laughs> because it is your life and it is your identity. Well, let me ask you this. You're still super young. What, I mean, are you saying, hey, I really do want to pass this opportunity up. I've done it. I tried it. I'd love to put my effort in. I want to put us on something else. Or are you open or do you, could you see yourself coming back to it because you're starting to learn these things mm-hmm. outside of being in that world? Well, I've definitely gotten the bug again. Every time I go out and I play well and I'm not practicing, I'm like, gosh, and I'm so competitive that it just, I, I wanted to go do that. And I went back to Q school this last year to first stage. And it was weird. Like I had this idea of what it'd be like. I've been to this course so many times. It had been a while. But out of all the girls there, I probably had the most experience because they were all mostly fresh out of college girls. Or, um, But I didn't play well because my head wasn't in that space. It's so hard to figure out how to bring that headspace that you have when you're playing casual golf and you're playing really well and just hold on to that and bring it with you and go be in this super serious, competitive, high stress environment and then keep it there and not fall back into my old bad mental habits once I'm triggered by being in that competitive tournament. Right. So the only way I would go back to try is if I could figure out how to do that because otherwise, I'm not going to just fall back into that same cycle yeah. of a grind anymore. And that just sounds exhausting. That's so, the part you're not interested in. That's why mm-hmm. you are giving it a break and rest, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not counting it out, but it would cost a, a beautiful lot of money thing about golf, to do though. it. Here's a beautiful thing about golf. There is no time limit on it. Right. This is not like other sports where you only play to a certain age because of the wear and tear in your body. And you're getting right. slower physically. You can't get hit. Or... Golf is a long yeah. career. Yep. And when you keep yourself in good mindset, good shape, you take care of yourself, you literally can pick it up. When you're already at your skill, you can pick it up whatever you want. Right. Right. I would I wouldn't want to go and play full time on Symmetra Tour again. So if I were to play again, I would I would only do it if I was on LPGA, which is the whole process of going to first stage and then second stage and then Q series. And from what I've heard of the girls telling me about Q series, it's like more grueling and exhausting than Q school, especially since the first year it was freezing. (laughs) Yeah. And they had, they, um, not everyone in the field teed off at the same time of day every day, which I thought was kind of unfair. So for Q series, this should be. So what's, what is on the, 
What's on the horizon? What's the future look like for... Well, I'm trying to figure that out. I just finished yoga teacher training. Yeah. And then I'm um, caddying at Silverleaf for a little extra money and just to do something and hopefully meet some cool people that would spur some ideas for me for opportunities of what to do. But I don't know. I want to do something. I'm just trying to get myself grounded to figure out that because, yeah being it it's been a while since I've had my own home base that I'm at for more often than not because <laughs> when I played on tour I was on the road for right. 25 to 30 weeks of the year the new adjustment just being in one spot for mm-hmm. so long right so and I'm impatient and Do you warm. find yourself packing your bag some nights and you're on going there? <laughs> well um some of my friends when they're going places I'm like I, I I just I need to go I need to go somewhere but I don't have anything to go for <laughs> so I'm trying to find excuses to go do things, but it's a very weird transition. But I hopefully being here in Scottsdale, I love it here. So hopefully I can find some opportunity, but um, definitely want to utilize all the skills that I've acquired just being on tour that when you're living in that tour bubble around everyone who's doing the same thing as you, at least for me, I tended to discount all of those things that I've learned and skills that I have. And it's hard to put those on a resume. Yeah. to translate how they would apply to a normal job. Yeah, yeah. So So let's do a little let's do a little question around. I want to know for our <laughs> audience like we'll, we'll do a couple questions. So <clears throat> one, who is your favorite LPGA player? Could be past, current, doesn't matter. I Who's like Julie Inkster. Inkster. Uh-huh. Best. I, she's okay. so cool. All right. What about the guy side? Oh. Well, <laughs> From a skill standpoint, oh. now look. <laughs> or both, or both. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have a favorite. Who, who's the most I dynamic like, to watch? I like, um, well, Adam Scott is nice to look at as far as his everything Physical goes. Physical appearance? And his golf swing. Okay. Um, I really like Fred Couples. I love Freddie. He's cool. All the women love Freddie. Yeah. It's, yep. Okay, favorite course you've ever played? That's a tough question because I'm biased towards if I've played well or not, but generally every golf course that it's no, I mean, comes to mind you, is by the water. Yeah, course you went to and you you were mind blown. Not how you play, but you went and you're like, wow, this is this is why I like playing. Like what course blew your mind? Pebble Beach does that for me. Um Carnoustie in Scotland, I loved that one. Yep. Just the feel of it all, more than the old course did for so me. So you're definitely a California girl. You like the ocean, the water. I do. Any okay. by the water. So I was going to say Whistling sign? Straits is the next. What's your sign? I'm a Leo. Leo, okay. To a T. Okay. Uh, yeah, any golf course, by the way. Favorite water. food? I like all food. I like Thai food. I like Mexican food. I like really good steakhouses. I love seafood. Okay. I love all What about, uh, so you travel internationally as well? Uh-huh. Favorite international location? I love Geneva. I love Switzerland. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like all of Western Europe that I've been to. So I would like to go back to Spain and Italy when I'm not there for a tournament. <laughs> so I have working? more time to do stuff. <laughs> when I'm not working? Yeah. I love Thailand. I went twice <laughs> both for golf and it was in Bangkok and I didn't get the opportunity to even go to the beach and I went all the way over there and didn't have time to go to the beach. So. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Man, you are serious. You were just working, huh? 
Who's Graham? Well, there's just golf takes up so much time. I wish sometimes it was only 10 holes, so it wouldn't take all day. <laughs> ten, 10 holes. Five and five. <laughs> yeah. Tournament golf takes too long to play. And then you got to practice and warm up and you're there all day. Okay, what is, what's your favorite flavor ice cream? Mm, that depends on my mood too, but I would say cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Mm -hmm. All right. Depending. What about <laughs> favorite sport to watch on TV? Are you are you a golfer that doesn't really love to watch golf? Are you bored by it? I'll watch. Or do you love you love golf? Everything. I'm not one of the like when I was competing. That was the last thing I wanted to do is watch golf. <clears throat> I spent all day. It's like when you're all day at work. Do you want to go home and watch it more on TV? I'll. I'm not into any particular one sport or any particular team. I love watching like big games or big tournaments. Yeah. Because it's just fun the energy of that. But otherwise, I'm the person that cheers for good plays. Like, I'm like, I love watching good plays. I you just want great competitive environments. Yeah. Like, you don't care who's playing. Just no. Like, just make it good. I'm not a, I'm not diehard any fan. Okay. I don't know how that happened, but. So, what what would you tell your younger self today? You're, you're you today. You've gone through your whole life experience. You're looking back and the nine-year-old version of yourself or the 12-year-old version of yourself, what's one piece of advice that you would give? Um, to lighten up a little, although I don't know that it would have made a difference. <laughs> I try to lighten up and it doesn't necessarily work, but I just think to take your time, don't be in such a hurry to, don't expect, don't be so hard on yourself. The same things I would be telling myself now, but maybe if I told myself then, I could have instilled better habits and... I would have told myself to go uh, learn how to meditate and do yoga back then. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot, of, um, a lot of things that that can affect in your whole life. Has that experience opened your mind completely? This yoga yeah, experience? Yeah, because I've, you know, our teacher, I'm going to do everything that the teacher tells us to do. Do what you're supposed to do. Well, for the first time, what I was supposed to do was to relax and not try hard and let go and do all these things that are so backwards against the grain for me. But because it was what we were supposed to do for the work, I had permission to do those things that have actually served me. And I noticed my whole body and emotion, everything felt so much like better. Like I wasn't stressed out and in pain all the time. Because I was allowing myself to rest, essentially. I mean, that's got to be an awesome feeling. So, yeah, without feeling guilty. Like, <clears throat> right. I would rest, but then I would, after a little bit of it, you, I start that self-talk of feeling guilty. And that's just, it wastes the whole rest time. Because you're not even allowing yourself to... All right, so you know the things you yeah. know. You're in this yoga, right? Yeah. That changed, open an experience for you. Yeah. You told your nine-year-old self, you got to chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Now... What do you tell the little girl coming up that looked up to you, watched you play? She's 17, about to finish thing, and wants the same path. Any advice you'd give that girl on what to look for? Maybe like what you said, incorporate more of this. It's not all about that. Uh, it depends on the person. Some things come easier to some people than they do for others. Like I have such 
high strung anxiety when I would compete and 17 year old girl nowadays might not have that. So I would depend on what that person was like, but I definitely, I was lucky to have parents that made sure I stayed well-rounded and would rest. Like don't put all your eggs into one basket. I would say just enjoy it. I mean, these things that you hear people say, but be able to be able to apply them is something different. Right, there's just, a lot of cliche things. Right. Like, hey, just calm down. Yeah, and well, it's true, but... What it, what is it mean? Find the tools to do that. Yeah. Take care of yourself, really, is probably the most useful one, is take care of yourself, whatever that means for you. Okay. Because if you can't take care of yourself, then you're not going to... You're going to waste all of your efforts, essentially. Where do we find Selene these days? What's your Instagram? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, not super... Uh, I haven't been, haven't been posting much, but um, it was exciting to finish my yoga teacher training. So that was things that have been recently on there. I'm I'm just trying to focus on being, just be. Good. So it's very unusual for me, and I'm so impatient in such a hurry to want to figure shut it, figure stuff out and figure out what my next step is right now. <laughs> Do what you'd want other people to do and see and be proud of. I mean, right. there's no right way. That's the beauty of this life. Right. I just want to be able to be... the wrong way, the right way. What are we doing? Who knows? I want to do something that makes me feel significant and self-sufficient, self-reliant. You're almost there. It doesn't feel like it, but that's where I was always stuck. That's my work that I always struggled with. It's never giving myself enough credit, pretty much um, discounting everything. So if somebody wants to find you, what is what is the handle on Instagram? Oh, so, that's you're actually asking yes, me. I, I thought you're like asking. what I thought you meant. What are you doing these days? No, Selene Golf. Or I think Selene S E L A N E E underscore Golf. I think I added an underscore. Let's see. Yes. S E L A N E E underscore Golf. Yeah. So I you can message her there and give her good ideas. She's on the, she's on a tipping point yeah. of something amazing and she's ready. Yeah. And if anybody is about to start competing and going pro, ask me things and I will try to help. Do you like, do you like a mentorship role? If somebody came to you and... I think I would. I just haven't had the opportunity or taken the time away from focusing on myself to even try that. But, um... Would you consider doing it? Oh, absolutely. Would you consider doing it today? Sure. Especially... This is a live moment. I'm not... I'm just... (laughs) You are literally... It's close. You're coming up on... Some of our juniors are coming in. Oh. And there's two girls that are particularly... Thing is, I I would... um, Like, if... If if you're willing... if, If the person I'm mentoring is wanting to put in the work, then I would love to put in my time so yeah that's a tough one (laughs) the tough thing about mentoring is always your expectation of their accountability right those are never going to match something you're going to have to interesting take deep inside you but doesn't mean that everybody doesn't need to hear what you have to give right it's not your responsibility to have them be responsible Maybe something I'd say would change that for them. Right. But I think that I have always been very blessed and lucky. Um, and this is me discounting myself again. Like, I've had the opportunity of having a lot of successful athletes and people 
take their time and be happy to donate their time to me and because I felt like they think that it was I was worth it. I I wanted to work. They could see how talented and driven I was. So I mean that's probably my experience of mentorship is because I always knew I was You put it in. Put it in and yep. so when I like, someone doesn't I like this, do that. I like this what's going on here. You're you're literally becoming the other side of <laughs> the coin. Yeah. The caddy, you're caddying now, which yeah, you always had the caddy. Caddying is People mentored weird. you, now you have the opportunity to mentor. Right, yep. It's going to make you very wise and smart, <laughs> both sides of it. You get to see all of it. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming in because, like I told you, we always reach out. We kind of keep our fingers crossed and be like, yeah, maybe they'll think it's weird, maybe it won't. But you were very open to coming in and coming in and chat with us. And actually what's really funny is we've literally saw each other <laughs> yeah. twice, right? I think so. Twice or three times. Yeah, I've seen you at the golf course. And anyway, you started working at Silverleaf. I've been playing there and like I see you every time there, but I didn't <laughs> know it was you. Wow. Right. But I, the last time we played, which was probably l- last week, I think I saw you. I don't even know, I last week. Know. But I got in the car and I was like, she looks super familiar. Do you know who that is? <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean, I just joined here. <laughs> I'm like, she, maybe she worked in a different department when we were here or something. She looks yeah. super familiar when I kept looking at you. But yeah. you are our guest today. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, you asked me to be your guest before I started working there, but I didn't look at your message <laughs> until after I saw you. So This, is the, really this is the cool and weird thing about social media. Yeah. We were talking before I saw you, mm-hmm. and we still didn't know quite... Yeah, I hadn't That's responded because I didn't You feel see like you message. know people. Right. Because we see them online see every them, day, yeah. but then you see them in person, and you're like, wait, do I? Do I know you? No, actually, no. Do I feel like I know do you? Do I follow you around? <laughs> so well, I appreciate you. you so much coming in. Um, Thanks for asking me. Find her on her Instagram page, Messenger. Give her some good ideas. Got a smart lady here. <laughs> um, and look for her yoga stuff. You're going to be doing a lot more yoga stuff coming up, practicing more. Yeah. Possibly training some people in it. Yeah, hopefully. I got to practice teaching more. So, Good. so I can feel more comfortable. Good. You can practice on all of our staff. It would be great. Okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, thank you, podcasters, for listening. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Download it. Take a listen. Leave a review. It means the world to us. Positive or negative, it's all good to us. Looking forward to catching you next time. <laughs>